Hello, I'm George and I'm Claire and we're we're blathering on. Hello! That's, that's a nice Hi. little entrance. Hello. Some nice Hello. Hello. Hiya. Hiya. No, hiya. Hiya. <laughs> okay then. Um. So yeah, welcome to episode nine. Nine. Nine nine nine, 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 number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, okay, 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 this, this episode is going to be a long one, so, <clears throat> yeah, so much to get through, we do, yeah, okay, so, let, let's just bounce our way in like some kangaroos, they bounce, or maybe rabbits, they well, do I mean, bounce. Okay, yeah, okay. They have springy legs. <laughs> they do, yeah, sorry. I, I didn't know, well, because they sort of, I don't know, because some people say they sort of like, no, okay, no, they do bounce. I, I don't know where I was going <laughs> with that. Um. So, let, yeah, let's bounce into our first thing. Bounce straight in. Yeah, like, let's bounce, ho- hop um, into uh, Fastgate. Do you want to do your rendition of the theme song again? The theme no, because I can't remember how it goes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, we're on episode 11. Um, and it does go out of order again. Slightly, slightly. We're just, it's one episode, so we're fine. We'll, we'll be back in order next week. However, we, we did skip the episode that was in the wrong place. So it goes... Till the blood runs clear, um, which is obviously a um, is talking about uh, Dargo, mm-hmm. um, and then Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, that's the next episode after. Um, Flax is is in the middle of those two, but we skip that one. Um, so we're not yes, we're not talking about we're Flax. It in the correct place. Mm-hmm. We are not talking about Flax this episode. Uh, so okay, let's let's go with the uh, till till the, the blood runs clear. Um, so just a very very basic synopsis for this episode again. Uh, Crichton and Aaron. Let's just read it off of here. Crichton and Aaron experiment with recreating a wormhole, but their plans are derailed by ferocious wolf-like bounty hunters. Yeah, I mean, Aronson doesn't actually know that at the time though. No, Crichton is very much. He's a bit of a dick in this episode because he sort of takes it on himself to do things and yeah. and yeah. So basically what happens is Crichton tries to create a wormhole to go back home, tags Aaron on not realising that they're actually gonna that he actually wants to create this thing and go back. Um and then because of an accident that happens, and it's not actually to do with the wolf like creatures, they come later. Um basically the wormhole happens, but they have to exit it, and it damages the the pod, and they crash down on the yeah, planet. Yeah, it's unstable. Yeah, they crash down on the planet, and um, they have to get the the 
pod repaired because um, John basically does not want, or Crichton, sorry, he he, he doesn't want to, um, you know, scrap the pod. He want he needs it because he he he's like he really wants to get home, so he has to have the pod and then work out how to recreate the wormhole to try and get home. So so but. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, basically, I, I'm i sort of trying to do the sort of, you know, episode thing. So, yeah, no, but basically, that is part of the story, is that he needs the pod to get back home because it's designed for it. He also has, like, the recorder thing because he's basically doing an experiment in it. But the actual episode itself is set on this desert planet where they crash landed. They need the pod to be fixed. It's going to take some time and hijinks ensue. Um, I think that's the basic thing. I don't really want to get into the other stuff until later. That's why I'm sort of... Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. It's it's more I want to sort of get down the sort of what the story is before I sort of talk about maybe some of the other elements. Um... It but reminded yeah. me kind of like, um, is it Mos Eisley? Um, yeah. Star Wars. With yeah. The, yeah. You know, just like the scum and villainy um, all gathering together. And, you know, there's, there's like... Um, yeah. So... Know, the mechanic. Yeah, the mechanic. Yeah. So this one, again, is... For me personally, I was a meh on this one. I was a meh. Um, now... A lot of the reason why is like, and this is a long, deep-rooted thing. For some reason, I hate desert planets. They've always been, they've always turned me off, don't like them. So it immediately goes down in my books because it's a desert planet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that doesn't help. The story itself is kind of a bit messy and all over the place as well. Um... I it's, just like the fact that the mechanic's called furlough and I just kept thinking that's taken on a whole new meaning yeah. in the past year, you know. Yeah. So any, anyone who's been on furlough, it's just like, <laughs> you're trying me. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, that's um, the basic, you know, uh, what what did you think of it? Because I've sort of got my feelings out. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I sort of, I feel similar. Um, I don't have a problem with desert planets. I quite like desert planets. Um, mm. Dessert planets. I love dessert planets. Oh my god! Yeah, they're my fave. Paint d- dessert here. Paint more dessert here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm thinking of like chocolate Maltese cake or something but yeah mm, nice yeah sounds good doesn't it mm. yeah anyway we've gone um, off the rails on this episode it just it's immediately gone uh let, let's just discuss chocolate now shall it's we it's all gone wavy it's all gone wavy with um, wobbly timey wimey <laughs> yeah. so um no i mean i i sort of felt similar it, it didn't um didn't capture the it imagination, didn't, it didn't did it? It didn't have an awful lot to it. I mean, you know, they land on a planet, they're trying to get this the ship fixed. So There's... the other thing that we didn't say, I sorry, I just want to interject, because the other thing we didn't say is that the, the wolf-like creatures in this episode, so basically what happens is Grace basically puts a bounty on 
the other members of the crew, so not Crichton and Aaron, um, because they've got their own sort of thing going on. Uh, they put a bounty on um, Dargo, Rigel and Zahn. Yeah. Basically. So the wolf-like creatures are, yeah, they're bounty hunters and they're trying to get them. And so what basically happens is Crichton pretends to be a bounty hunter and does the whole sort of like alpha, alpha male. male kind yeah. of. Um, and Aronson has to sort of go along with this as well. Cause, yeah. Because she's a woman. So, it, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, poking the holes in that. Because obviously Aronson is normally the muscle. She's She's like, you know, she's really, she's really tough. And in this she has to sort of pretend... The, or, or or be okay with, you mm. know, being sort of just treated so, like a lesser being. Yeah. Again, this one's just a bit messy. The the plot is sort of every sorry, you were you were saying before I interjected, do you wanna say anything else? Like, I can't remember what I was saying, okay. but it doesn't really matter. Fair enough. Sorry, it's, I did I No didn't no no, it's fine, it's fine. I don't um, mind. You were interjecting and that was absolutely fine because it was an important point. Yes, sorry, I forgot to talk about because you're probably <laughs> wondering where the bounty hunter creatures yeah. come in this episode. That's that's basically the whole thing. Yeah. So Crichton's basically pretending that Yeah, he's on their so side. the fun stuff is kind of with the bounty hunters to be fair. Like I like I like the scene where And Crichton, because he's kind of soft, isn't he, really? Yeah, I, I like the scene where uh, Dargo Dargo lands on the planet lake. Cause they're basically, oh my god, yeah, they're that's all the on, best bit. They're all on the ship. And then, like, they all sort of come down one after another later on. So, yeah, basically... Yeah, part of it as well, because, like, because he's trying to recreate these whole... The thing for the wormhole. And part of it is to do with the solar flares Yeah, as well. so the solar flares are an important part of his experiment. And they're also to do with Zahn. And Zahn is having a really good time. Without her clothes. Um, so... she, she's just... She's really enjoying the solar flares. She is. Yeah, so this is what I mean by it being a really messy episode. Is that it you've is got totally a lot, all over the place, isn't it? You've got, like, some really... You've got a lot of tonal whiplash, to be honest, because yeah. you've got the stuff on the ground, and I think they're trying to make it tense. The best part being when um, Dargo come, comes down, he gets caught after you know, thinking he's being clever. Yeah. And then... He's like, so, I'm going to go and drag them back because he, tr he truly is the alpha male yeah. between so, him and Crichton. So so basically what ends up happening is that they sort of endanger that, you know, Dargo kind of endangers the whole ruse. Yeah. Um, And so Crichton basically has to pretend to interrogate him and get him out of the situation while also not letting on that he isn't actually a bounty hunter and he's working with, yeah. you know, he's with the other guys. So that was fun. That was a fun he scene. He has to think on his feet in this one. Yeah, that is... that was a fun scene and I, I like that. Um, That was done well. But I mean, so th this was just kind of, again, it, it was kind of like, so you had stuff to do with Aaron's son. Like later in the episode, she loses her her sight but it doesn't really affect her very much like i know that they have a few scenes but it's like it comes out of nowhere suddenly and then it's yeah. just this thing 
And it feels like just this it's, randomly placed like. She gets a solar flare to the face. Which I don't really understand time. how and that work, how that happens. No, it's like, like it just what was suddenly it? In happened. In a, in a, you know, I, I don't, I, no, I didn't really get it either. But um, I think basically anyway. he like the, could like this bounty hunter like pushed her over she was staring into the sky and the solar flare happened to do because i think the solar yeah. flares were going on but then wasn't like Crichton and dargo outside at the same time having a fight like how come i know i know thing me had glasses or whatever but like I, i'm pretty sure some of them didn't but then maybe i'm wrong um anyway doesn't matter it, it it's fine i mean you have some weird moments like when um Zon gets to the planet and just decides to bathe in the solar flares. Well, no, she's like, she's like, oh no. Well, because okay. She, apparently, she is, so she can't. Yeah, really she can't it. decide. She has to. I know. I, I'm yeah, not really she, saying she does decide. She can't really but, resist it. She's like, oh no, this is like the worst time for this. Yeah, but it's like it's kind of random and it's kind of weird and like, why <laughs> did they really need weird. to do this? It just—it's it a weird, weird character moment as well. But as it, I do, I did like the bit with Rigel uh, earlier on, where like she comes out, Zan comes out after bathing in the thing, after and being she pretends she pretends to be well, yeah, like Rigel she thinks she, that she's still naked. Yeah, Rigel thinks she's still naked. So it's quite a funny scene with Rigel just like her just basically yeah, he's um, like playing with him yeah it's funny yeah. um bit of banter yeah a bit of banter yeah uh so yeah no it's it's okay there's weird decisions and like it i didn't is one of the weirder episodes yeah I, I didn't really get why they had to do the whole like dargo and Crichton like fight thing again like, I felt like they've already had that thing where they went, let's just work together. But then, you know, and yeah. they sort of did it again. And it didn't really make sense why they were doing it again. Like, I didn't think they needed to. And in terms of, like, the bounty hunters, they weren't very interesting. No. Um, I think Furlough was the most interesting one. I liked Furlough. She was Furlough fun. Furlough was really fun because um, she was just like you know, I'll fix it for you. She was like the typical sort of, I'll fix this for you, but it'll cost you. Oh, it'll cost you. Yeah, yeah. We are fine. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it was okay. I, it's it's not, you know, I've seen worse episodes of series before. Yeah. You know, I, you know, so... It, it was it was just okay, really. There there were a lot of strange decisions made. Um, Shall we move on to the next episode? Yeah, I think that's pretty much all. I was I just about to, about to. I was just about to say, let's Sorry. move on. Um, Sorry. So yeah. So the next episode, <laughs> then the next episode in the right order is Rhapsody in Blue. Yes. Um. So, basic synopsis for this episode, then. Uh, do you want to do it? Because, I mean, you know, I, I usually do them. <laughs> um, so, okay, so this one is very Zan-centric. Yeah. Um, so, um, Moya... Uh, uh, so, basically, it starts off and Crichton is having a dream about this woman that he was um, planning to marry. It's kind of like the last time he was with her. 
Um, mm. And then he's like jolted out of sleep. But basically, Moya. we should say so. A big part of it is like the uh, early on. It's basically they're having sex. Like they're yes. not in the. He's about to propose. It's literally they. They were having sex and then talking in the bed, and then he wakes up uh, yeah. from from the dream about before then, basically. Yes. After then. Okay, so th- well, this episode is very sexual. I mean, I think the um, the 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 uh, Delvians seem to be very very sexual beings. Mm. Um, yeah, which we've already kind of seen to be fair with with. You know, so um, with uh, uh, what the the DNA mad scientist episode where she uses sort of her arousal of Rigel to try and get the thing, you know, try and strike a deal, um, and a few other scenes as well. Um, yeah, I, so, think, I think it's 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 sort of a running thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know. But anyway, sorry, go on. She uh, and 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 um, the person who plays her, and she has a very sort of sensual way of um, sort of moving well, and talking, moving and talking, and just being. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she des- des- yeah. definitely is okay. very sensual. I'll explain the story because I think it's it's taking a while. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you interrupted me, so you... I'm sorry. Well, yeah, but, off. Yeah, but to be fair, you took so long talking about the blinking beginning moment. So basically, what happens is <laughs> they all have dreams of their last relationships, uh, yes. which leads them and Moya to um, this, like, sort of Delvian colony kind of thing. Yeah, but Moya gets, like, his distress. So basically, they're conned into going across. So Moya yeah. thinks that... Um, there's another ship in trouble, so she with she a baby. Sort of, yeah, um, and she sort of you know goes across to it, and yeah. and that's how they end up with the Delvians. You see, this is why it takes so long because you have to describe that little piece of information to get there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I interrupt it's anyway. Important. So. <laughs> well, it's not that important. Anyway, so they land on the Delvian colony. You know, we're already settling eighteen minutes well, in. Yeah. Okay. No. Th- this. So, I, okay. Yeah. I'll quickly go through the basic storyline. So they land on the Delvian colony. Uh, Zahn. Basically, they sort. Of, I think they crash land, didn't they? So Zahn basically meets this woman who wants to know Zahn's secret because obviously previously we had the whole thing with Zahn sort of seeing her more, like, horrible side, if if you like, you know, sort of more violent side, yeah, that's we've, the word. We've, yeah, we've slowly been gaining this information that yeah. Zan is, uh, has got, like, this really deep-rooted... Um, darker... Anger issues. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> but, yeah, violent, violent darker side. Yeah. Um, so, basically, but we also... So, basically, this woman wants to know how Zan keeps control of it because basically and also because like Cause people are going mad in, yeah it drives yeah. mad so basically it's kind of a two-sided story we've got the Zan side and then we've kind of got the Crichton side um so the Zan side is the the basic kind of what this story really is about which is sort of her deciding whether to help them because there may be 
that may cause a worse issue and, and things like that. Um, and then sort of as you get through the story, um, you know, eventually, because they have this thing basically, what, what's it called, like, joining... It's kind of like mind-melding. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they basically... Um, and it, it seems like it's a very sexual sort of thing, but it's also like a spiritual thing. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of mind melding. So um, they um, I can't remember what they call it, but yeah, they they uh, they get together and they and they put their hands on each other's heads and then they they're like and their heads on heads in one another. Yeah, heads and on their heads, heads on heads. <laughs> Put their foreheads together, basically. That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's all heads. Um, yeah. So yeah, don't know. Um, what do there we think? There is a of... lot of. So I really like this episode personally yeah. because there was a lot of. Um, uh, but we also a get to see. Stuff we to get it. to see the sort of bad side of Zara yeah. as well. That was what I was trying to lead to with the whole, you know, because eventually yeah. she does do that, and we get to see maybe her darker sides. Um, we definitely do get to see her darker side. Only slightly, I would say, because we don't get to see, like, her full potential as that darker side. But we do kind of see the self that you she would have become. You do see her as a very dangerous person, um, you know, a being, sorry, um, because I think during the whole episode, you know, you you do get that real sense of, of that that potential, that power that she has. Yeah, we don't get to see the full potential, is what I'm saying. We see bits of it, but we don't get to see, you know, we can tell how powerful she is, but we never get to see, like, properly her, like, at her worst. Well, okay, we sort of do, because we see yeah. why she got in prison, why why she was put away, why she was on the ship. Um, So we, we see her past. Um... So that's interesting. Yeah, it, it unveils a lot of stuff about Zan. Um, Crichton is also finding out a lot of stuff about her. But also, the Delphians are like... Um, they, there is a lot of mind fuckery in this episode. Yeah. And, um, like, it's it's really... But um, what, what... Yeah, no, sorry. It's, it's, it's really... Um, it's, it's one of those things that um, I like and this, you know... A, Personally, I find it quite uns. It, I find it really unsettling and horrible, mm. but um, it does make for good television. Because, it does, yeah. yeah but what of... I was going to say earlier was, while we don't get to see her at her full potential, I think we see what she could have become were it not for her whole controlling of herself, which is this other character that she mind melds with, because basically. She kind of is the evil side of her. She's another Delvian, and she's kind of like the head of this group. And, like, she is kind of... She's almost like, you know, what she could have become were it not for, you know... Yeah. So that was what I was going to say before, before you know, you were talking about different I things. I think also from the point of view that Zan, obviously, um, the reason that she's so powerful from my perspective, is because of you might who want to she talk is up herself. A bit if you're behind there. Sorry, who who she is herself because yeah. you know, this person wants to take all um this information in and find out how, how Zan did it. But I do think it's it's kind of like a thing where 
she wouldn't be able to ever do that because she's not Zan. Mm. And, you know, Zan has that control and that power over herself. And I mean, we have seen how clever and how powerful she is quite a few times. Um, she's used a lot of people. Like, uh, one of the earlier episodes, uh, I forget what it's called, but the one where Rigel gets taken prisoner. Her whole use of her being nice to that prisoner sort of, you know, if you act, the ending sort of changes it a bit because you sort of, you know, even though she's being nice, you can kind of see that she was kind she's of strategizing. Yeah, she was yeah. manipulative and strategizing and like, I do this because I know this situation will lead to us. Bettering I love Sam as a character, though. I think, yeah. honestly, she's probably my favourite character because she is so just, ooh, you know. Yeah, she's definitely up there for me, definitely. Um, yeah, she's an interesting one. And I think she can kind of be underestimated. Like, it, on the surface, you might think of her as sort of the nice one, but actually she's... Wifty wafty. Very interesting. It it kind of reminded me as well when they first got to the planet of... um, So, uh, probably mainly because we'd only just read it, but it kind of reminded me of the whole eye death thing because it looks kind of all, you know... Yes, which we're going to talk about later in Watermelon Sugar. We're talking about that later. Oh, sorry. Have we already talking about that? I can't remember. Which episode was that? Is it this episode? It's this episode. I can't you can tell that remember. we've recorded a lot recently. Yeah, we, so. we, we've got ahead of ourselves, so I'm... No, I'm it so- is this episode, because last but episode... But it's later on. Yeah. So, sorry, um, I'm just <laughs> spoiling the podcast for you, but... Well, no, it's fine, because it is going to be, be in said the title in the thing. Anyway, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's fine. But um, Well, it won't be in the title, but, but yeah, sorry. Guys. Yeah, no, it, it just... So, when you get to that bit, you'll know what the hell I'm talking about. But, yeah, it just... Because uh, it's kind of... It kind of has that sort of utopia, dystopia feel to it. Yeah. It's an interesting and, sort of, you know, how someone may use, like... <sighs> Um, and they're all priests religion well. and yeah. stuff against other people and, and like the and, hierarchy and, the and yeah mm. and, and that sort of stuff yeah interesting one really enjoyed it this was definitely another highlight for I the would series say, yeah I would say this is one of my favourite episodes I absolutely loved it because it, it really was um, I wouldn't say this was one of my like I wouldn't say this was one of my like absolute top top episodes but I did really enjoy it yeah I loved it because I think with Sam being my favourite character um and just you know it does delve into things that i do find interesting like that abuse of power and um you know how you can um manipulate and distort things um and you know it it is just a really interesting episode from my point of view it did i will admit though it did kind of make me think of that whole star wars thing with the if you strike me down i'll become more powerful powerful than ever yeah because that is basically the ending of this one kind of isn't it with the whole like because she's obviously done the whole mind melding thing and then like later she takes down the evil woman and it's like you know it's like you, you know it strips hit but now i'm you know yeah more powerful than you so yeah it's fun I yeah. like this one. It was a good one. It was a good one. It was an excellent one. Yes. We haven't even talked about the crying thing, but that's probably the least interesting thing of this episode, to be fair. Yeah, no, Crichton is, um, you know, he's, he's 
he's kind of cute in this. I think, you know, he's a supportive... Friend. <laughs> friend, yeah. It's and... interesting because all the other characters are kind of wrapped in their own thing, but Crichton seems to be the one that is able to get past it the most, even though he is still trapped by it in some ways. He does still care for Zan, and I think that's what leads to the whole bit where it's like, you know, because I think a lot of people are stopped by... Because there's this whole thing that we haven't talked about where they, um, the priests can make them see, you know, stuff they want or whatever, or stuff that they don't want, or, you know, they can yeah. basically stop them sort of thing. It's sort of like a mind trick thing. Yeah. So, like, um... Aaron, it's just another sort of thing of their manipulation. Yeah, and, so it's know. sort of like Aaron thinks she can't fix the gun, she's dropped it and she's sort of useless. Uh, uh, Dargo thinks he sees his son and there's peacekeepers on the ship and Rigel, being the funniest, thinks he's been shrunk down. <laughs> he thinks he's tiny. Yeah, I love it. It made he's me. Th- it made me think of. Like it made me like think a... of the like little disintegration thing that the master has in Doctor Who. I, yes, it made me think of that as well. I was just going to say the same thing. It's like in the um, the assassin one. I've forgotten what that's called, but it's great. Like when he they keep shrinking everyone down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he does it all the time. It, it, he did it what, in his first story. It's his one of his main weapons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's great. Um, so yeah, no, good episode, good episode. And we are 29 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. These are getting longer. Mm. To be fair, I don't know. It's one of those things where you sort of look at them and you're like, oh, this can be really long. And it turns out it's kind of a normal length. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, so yeah, moving on to whatever it is next. <laughs> we do know, but we've forgotten what we recorded. <laughs> Right, okay, moving on. Um, well, okay then, moving on. I wasn't really prepared for that. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, so now we've like got... Like we're ever prepared no, for now, now, Now is the section where you get to talk about something mostly on your own again. We, we've done this a lot recently. I think we quite enjoy doing this. Yeah. Pe- peppering it through. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Your thing, your thing that you're talking my, about. <laughs> my thing that I'm talking about. My thing that I'm talking about is My Policeman. Mm. So um, this is the book, obviously, the, the film is coming out. Well, yes. Okay, so you may have heard of this. Um, I think it's probably been trending on Twitter, whatever, um, because of the fact that... The, so the book was from 2012, mm. written by Beth and Roberts. Oh, so this is a while ago, though. Um, yeah, yeah, it's quite a while ago. I thought um, it was a, a new one. I didn't realise it was that long ago. No, Blimey. 2012, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it has been around for a while now. Um, and it is being um, t- made into a movie by, um, I believe it's Amazon, um, who are doing it. Um, it's set to be directed by Michael Grandage, um, and obviously... I was quite interested in that anyway because, um, like, he did a run in 2013 of plays um, which were really notable. Um, They were at the Noel Coward Theatre in London and um, 
quite a star-studded sort of lineup, to be honest. So, um, you know, you had Daniel Radcliffe in one in The Cripple of Inishman. Um, you had um, Judy Dench and Ben Whishaw and Dolly Alexander, in fact, in um, Peter and Alice. Yeah. Um, which I loved. I loved, particularly loved that one. Um, and uh, Henry V with Jude Law. Um, what else did we have? We had, oh, Privates on Parade. Um, I can't remember what the chap's name is who's in that. But he was also in the, uh, you know, the one about the banking that we saw that we didn't see the end of on my birthday because of the thunderstorms. Oh, right, yeah. No, yeah. I was really enjoying that. That was with the three people or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah. It was really cool. Um, it it was yeah. about the was it Lehman Brothers? Yeah, the Lehman Brothers. That's it. Yeah, that's it. No, it's really good. Uh, really good production. We just didn't get yeah. to see the end because of the thunder. Because uh, we were seeing it in the cinema. Yeah. Um, and so the the National Theatre Live. Yeah, yeah. So it cut out and we couldn't see the end of it. Which anyway, was really that gutting. wasn't that wasn't actually part of it. But um, the guy who was one of the Lehman Brothers in that was also in Privates on Parade, Fair and enough. also there was uh, Midsummer Night's Dream with. David Williams in it. Okay, so... Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, while, so that was... While we're Michael going Brandy, through all of those, I'm I mean, let's talk about the actual like, thing. I was just kind of like, oh, you know... Interesting was, as it is. I was quite excited about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the book um, sort of is set both in the 1950s and the 1990s so it has a sort of back and forth sort of thing it's written um it's like an epistol ep, epistolary yeah ep, i kind of, never say um, it yeah no i know it's like wow that's epistolary. a hard word to say is it epistolary i, I don't know. know i can't say it properly anyway so Probably apologies not. for that but basically it's um so it's written in the form of um a letter or or, or sort of um a memoir i think um, from Marion in the 1990s and then there's also um, from Patrick's point of view um, he, he keeps like a journal in the 1950s um, they both sort of focus on a, a, a point of time though that's in the 1950s although they do sort of come up to date with the 1990s um, and it revolves around the main one of the characters called Tom who is the the my policeman mm. um titular my policeman basically so the film is going to be made with harry styles as tom um and uh marion is being played by oh crikey i've forgotten what her name is um she played princess diana in the crown that, that one. one that it's one. her in it it's her in it yes um, crap! <laughs> I forgot what You're her name is. You're not prepared. Is. Again, we're not prepared. It's like it's just. I'm so the bad one, at this. the wonderful well, the unpreparedness. Is, we always of us. forget. We always forget names, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. You need to write so them cast. down, really. Um. So yeah, yeah I mean, anyway. and um. So, uh, but the reason I was uh, oh, goodness sake, I'm, tr- I'm trying to look it up. Okay, it's, don't um, worry too much about that. Just t- talk a little bit about it, because I don't, don't think we need to go too much in detail. 
Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I was saying about it was because um, finally Patrick got cast the other day and it's David Dawson. Um, and uh, so he's he's really good actor. Um, and interestingly, so all the characters that I've seen, because I have read the book. Um, Which and... is what we're going to talk about once we finally get to it. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I think the casting is chef's kiss like it is perfect i know there's been some sort of you know oh uh a little bit of uh kickback about um the casting but seriously um i think each of the characters i mean so like from tom tom doesn't get his own voice in it he's mm. sort of seen from two characters and it is a love triangle so it's like two characters who love me i know i already said that i, I you know i'm not keen on love triangles normally this is quite an interesting one mm. particularly because it is um sort of really loosely based on um em forster's life um which i didn't know about this but yeah it's it's, it's kind of interesting that he had this sort of situation where he was living with um, his lover and his lover's wife. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of what happens in this is is that, you know, you've got you've got your three characters. And so you've got Marion, who is who basically she falls in love with Tom very early on. She's very attracted to him. Um, but, you know, she's really naive really really naive um she becomes a school teacher um and it seems like everyone apart from marion knows that tom is gay um <laughs> but obviously it's the 1950s so homosexuality is illegal and you can get arrested for it um and that so um you know it's 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 dodgy but Tom um, then meets Patrick and falls in love with him. Or Patrick also absolutely head over heels for Tom. Um, so they have this sort of strange little um, setup where uh, Tom gets married to Marion. But also he's like having weekends with Patrick and, you know, they're all sort of in each other's pockets. So, I mean, it is really interesting because they're all sort of, they're all together and they have like holidays together and things like that. Um, so it's, it's a fascinating sort of book. And I think the book is beautifully written. I mean, honestly, the writing is amazing. It's, uh, and the uh, storytelling is so vivid. Yeah. Um, it's not particularly nice, but I mean, honestly, it's kind of devastating. So um you know it's it's not a it, it it is one of the you the gays are all miserable sort of mm. thing um it's but not I a happy every, jolly time no i think everyone is kind of miserable to be fair um in it but um i don't i don't think that was the case with the em forster but you know um but for the purposes of this book... Well, I think they sort of loosely based... I think they took the idea of it from yes. the sounds of things and yeah. went 
their own direction. They're not really they saying this is the story. I think, and going. I think possibly because of the fact that obviously, um, you know, I think we have definitely moved on, but you know, sometimes it kind of backslides a bit, and um, every you know, it, it is really difficult to say because obviously I don't know. Um, you know, I don't really know anything about the author and why they decided to sort of go in that direction or what have you. But, um, you know, there is obviously a history and it's always a good thing to remember your history so, so you can try not to repeat it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's a really difficult one. So I think some people will probably not enjoy it. Um, but I do... I, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to the film of it, to be honest. I thought the book was fantastic. I mean, personally, I really enjoyed the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was upsetting, but, you know, ultimately it was, um, a, you know, just a... I, I, I think I flew through the book. I, I, I couldn't really put it down because I was just like, oh, my God, you know... Um, just wanted to know what was going to happen and uh you know you do you do get this uh from Marion's point of view as well which is it's it's interesting and it's yeah it'll be, it, I, I can't really say anymore I, I'm sort of struggling a bit to sort of um because I, I don't want to give everything away yeah, yeah um but yeah so I, I mean you know if if you fancy it obviously you know pay heed to any sort of um trigger warnings and things like that because it is a difficult read but yeah. um yeah, I mean... I mean, are there any on the top, off the top of your head that you sort of go, say, right away or... Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, homophobia, internalised homophobia as well. Um, and um, there is... There's certain things that happen in there. Um, oh, there's also um, uh, one of Marion's friends who's another teacher called Julia. Hasn't been cast yet, as far as I know. But um, I'm really looking forward to finding out who's playing her because I love that character as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, it'll be really interesting to, to see the film when it comes out. I'm, I'm sort of uh, intrigued. What, what sort of state is it in, in, in the minute? Is it sort of... It in... hasn't started filming yet. Right. Um, which is, you know, we only yesterday, uh, I think it was, found out that uh, David Dawson was going to be playing Patrick. And, uh, yeah, like I say, I was like, oh, brilliant. He's absolutely spot on perfect. And Harry so Styles this, so this as well. So this is going to be a while until we get the film then? For, yeah, I shouldn't think long. it'll be out till next year, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, also, so you've got plenty would... of time to read the book then if you want to. Yeah, absolutely, read the book. Um, it's also available on audio. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be really interesting. Um, so, from the perspective of Tom as well, um, I was saying he doesn't get his own voice. So you don't really have a lot of idea of, you know, him internally. It, it's all from the perspective of the two people who love him. But I think the the casting of um, Harry Styles in this, fantastic. Again, spot on. Because um, he has got that sort of 
charm that just makes people fall in love with him. Mm. So I can I can totally see. I think he's literally perfect um, for this. Be interesting to see as well because obviously I've only seen him act in. Um, Dunkirk. Yeah. And he was very good in that. I think he surprised everyone. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I was like, wow, really? Harry Styles in a film? Um, I mean, to be know. fair, I think, like, at that point, we weren't even into any of that, were we? So, yeah. Oh, no, no, not You've at only all. recently, well, you have only recently sort of, you, you've gone mad with... With, with the... With, with, I'm a directioner now, mate. I'm a directioner. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I've been listening to it. And honestly, um, if I was a teenager when One Direction were around, I would have definitely been into them. Um, Obviously, I was a teenager when New Kids on the Block were around. (laughs) So I was into them. But um, yeah, I would have definitely been into One Direction. They are, you know, they were. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because they're not together. Yeah, you know, they split up what... Six years ago, yeah, I think now, wasn't it? Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't. I, you know, I wasn't. I'm sorry. Following I'm sorry. The... I should have put. I should put a trigger warning for anyone who's a directioner listening to this. But um, yeah, so they so they they did, but they they're on an indefinite hiatus, mm. apparently. So um, I don't really. <laughs> really know what you know everyone there's lots of conspiracies it's great fun actually like looking at all the conspiracy theories and things um i love all that stuff i find it really interesting i mean Um, like we were talking about when we were talking about our music like a big part of the reason we got into 21 pilots was because yeah because of all the trench stuff yeah with all the conspiracy you know we spent hours talking about all of that it was a lot of fun and honestly there is such a big fandom still um like really in love with this band that Mm -hmm. were around for like five years um and I mean, they've all gone on to have really successful solo careers and they're all, you know, I've listened to, um, you know, Harry Styles, obviously, he's like, oh, everyone knows Harry Styles and everything. But also, I really enjoyed Louis Tomlinson's um, solo album. I thought it was really good. Um, some real standouts. I started listening to um, Niall Horan's as well. He won an award the other day for the best record of 2020 for the RTE Awards. So, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of cool. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying his um, stuff that I'm listening to. I'm sort of slowly going through it, um, listening to more sort of One Direction stuff and thinking, wow, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's I mean, really some of catchy. It, some of it is, you know. But well, I say that, at the time, obviously, I was aware of them, um, because we. Well, we to had... be fair, I will say you were into their last album. Oh yeah, I out. got I got made in the AM because I thought it was such a good album, and when they um, because obviously, drag me down was um the first single off that, and it's such a bop, it really slaps. Um and yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it it's really good, but the whole album is really good. I really enjoy that. Whole I haven't album. listened. I haven't um, listened. And so I'm sort of going back backwards through their albums. So I think they released one a year. So there's five albums. Um, I think the earlier stuff is kind of poppy. It's kind of 
Um, I think maybe, like, I think that was when they really, like, the companies really had control of them, probably. Yeah, like, the most. yeah, because I think they started writing their own stuff a bit later on. Yeah. And um, I think, from I what think I understand... I think you can always sort of tell that there's a bit of a grip and it starts loosening towards the end, which I think is well, quite... Well, yeah, because the music became more interesting mm. as I think they got more control. Because, obviously, they're five very different people with very different musical... Um, sort of uh, tastes and things like that that they bring to it. You know, obviously you can hear Harry Styles' um, influences from Fleetwood Mac um, and Pink Floyd um, and and people like that. Um, also, I I could really get some Beck in there as well. I I, I felt like I could hear some Beck in there um, and. Louis Tomlinson, um, I feel like he's like really Oasis. Um, not surprisingly, you know, he's from Doncaster, so you know he's, he's sort of. Uh, and I, as I understand it, he was in the studio, and Liam Gallagher did come in and listen to his album when it was being finished off. So, you know um that's that's kind of cool um but yeah i mean you know they're all really different and uh like zane's r&b um and that sort of thing it's yeah it's good i like it it's it's compelling cool well it's interesting how we've just d- went I've down just this devolved lane into a into I, yeah i've totally beca- i've totally become a directioner and it's really weird because like i think we were talking about you know a few minutes ago i think we were talking about my policeman if i we were weren't we yeah but this is the thing isn't it it's like you do fall down a little rabbit hole yeah yeah because you get you get involved in this and it's like oh they they are really like charming really interesting people (laughs) and i know it's like look you know i know manufactured pop groups and all sorts of things like that and i'm not a massive fan of that side of things like the whole you know simon cowell thing i i don't really i don't like that stranglehold um you know i like the whole rage against the machine thing um (laughs) that year uh, for the Christmas number one. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we had it in the 80s with Stock Aiken and Warman. Um, you know, basically running the charts and everything with Stock Aiken and Warman. So, you know, it just, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, these people are actually talented in their own right and they have their own inspirations and it's really good that they've broken out of what they did what they were doing mm-hmm. um but i don't think it was as Ooh. bad look i wasn't interested in one direction when i think it's came out far too it was easy like... to jump on a hate bandwagon when yeah. something is popular and especially if you know okay you know, some of it is not going to be, you know, not all of it's going to be absolute, you know, amazing, you know, whatever. But I was definitely too old for One Direction when they came out. I mean, you know, I was like, I was not the target audience. I mean, I... And I did, and you weren't into music. 
No. And well, I mean, to be fair, I was certainly on the thing of, oh, they're cringy, you know, I have to hate them because yeah, cause, like, the I'm whole... a guy, you know, <laughs> all of that sort of stuff. I mean, I, I don't think I, re- I don't think I was like a complete douche about it or anything, but I, I certainly remember thinking, no, I can't, you know, I can't, like, though, to be fair, I didn't mind you listening to the, you know, because you did um, listen to that song quite a bit back then. I didn't mind it. Which one? Drag Me Down? Yeah. Yeah, I loved that. Um, but like I say, I, I listened to the whole album. I bought the album mm. because I thought it was really good. Um, and yeah, I, I love that album still. But yeah, I'm going sort of going back over stuff and, think, and finding um, other stuff that I don't know if it was actually released as singles or not. I have no idea. I can't tell their voices from each other. The directioners apparently can tell who's singing which bit off the bat. So, you know, I'm not that far down the rabbit hole yet, but hmm. um <laughs> but basically, you know, when they came out and it was all like, oh yeah, you know, what makes you beautiful and the best song ever. And it was kind of it was all in the charts and it was all kind of irritating yeah um it's just like oh god um but yeah there's there's a lot better stuff um i think on the albums than than the things that i actually knew them for well i think we've rambled on i'm sorry yeah i did did sort of go off on a a tangent because i get these little little weird little obsessions don't i yeah no it's good i (laughs) no, i liked it you you're very yes (laughs) well i get very i you know i get very drawn into certain things um and this has been something that i've had my whole life where i just suddenly go off on a complete tangent and get really obsessed with something Mm. um yeah same same well, yeah, exactly. You take really after me. Um, yeah. We'll so, talk about that a little bit more later, won't we? In the podcast. Will we? Why? In general. We've got another book we're going to be talking about. Oh, right, yeah. I Okay, yeah, no, okay. I see what you're sort of getting at. No, I got a bit confused there because I thought we would, like, actually had... You know, okay. Sorry, I'm so cryptic sometimes. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Um... Okay, so yeah, no, that's that's this segment. We yes. better end it before it goes on to a 30-minute segment. Yes, about... so read my policeman, but bring your tissues, it's sad, and yeah. Yeah. Have have a try if you think it sounds like something you'd enjoy, I think is the best way of putting it. Yeah, that's probably a good good call, actually. Yeah. If, if you think that's something you're into, you might hate go and it. read it. But if, if it's something that's like already turning you off, Probably don't bother, you know. I mean, you can always try if you want something different, but... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay. So, Uh, as we were alluding to, and sticking with the Harry Styles thing... Yes. Yes, right, yeah. Moving on. Thank you, Mum. Thank you. Tastes like strawberries. Oh, berries. I want more berries. I want more berries. There's no more berries. I want more berries. No berries. <laughs> you can have watermelon. I don't like watermelon. <laughs> okay. Uh, after that, that, whatever that was. Um, that was someone else's joke. It was. So yes, I know. just totally but... ripped off. Well, yes, I know we ripped off a joke. I mean, as in, you know, <laughs> that start. I mean, whatever that beginning was. 
I don't mean the joke no, itself. I can't who did it, but it was on YouTube. I well, I think was it, it was on TikTok. It was on TikTok, but someone uploaded it to YouTube. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't realised by now what we're talking about, it's In Watermelon Sugar. Not the song, even though we will be talking about the song briefly, I think. But the book by Richard Brotigan. Brotigan. Bro- how do you say his name? I've got no clue, mate. I think You're it's on your own with this one. I think it's Brotigan. But I keep saying it differently every single time. Um, <laughs> you sound you sound like Harry in his concerts. Brotigan. No, no. Broutigan. No. Brotigan. <laughs> Brampton. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Right, okay. So, Richard um, Brown. Richard Brown. Yes, it's Richard Brown. Um, so, yeah. So, In Watermelon Sugar is a book by a man. <laughs> <laughs> Called Richard. Called Richard. Thank you. Um, uh, should we describe it? <laughs> I don't know how we're going to describe so, it. So, okay. So, I well, mean... Let's, we, let's it, just lay the was... scene here. Let's just lay the scene. Because I feel like we should sort of... Give like a, a basic. It defies description for a lot of it, but. Well, what I was going to say though, let's give a basic reason as to what going into it and different things. So what I mean by that is basically, um, as a lot of people have done, um, that guy did that video of reading books that Harry Styles recommended. I think that was a while ago now, but he did that yeah, video. Yeah, that was Jack Edwards, wasn't it? Yes. Um, if you haven't He's checked on that out, YouTube. yeah. If you haven't checked that out, go and check that out because it is a good video. And basically, it is a really good video. everybody's been reading the book. Basically, everyone's gone and bought. Basically, you know, if you go and look up any one of those books, that you'll find all the rest. You'll of find them. the rest of the books come up. Yeah, really handily. Yeah. So, so it's good stuff. Yeah. So, in Watermelon and Sugar is a book that Harry Styles has read and. Yes, recommended. He took the title for Watermelon Sugar. Well, no, because it, it's in Watermelon Sugar, whereas it's just called Watermelon Sugar in the song. But he he's based, he did say that he based the song on the book, kind of. Well, he took um, the title for the No, I think he said that it is based on, on the book. He took ideas from the book, like the song itself, not just the title. Mm, interesting. Like, he did... He did say that, like he did. That wasn't the title, but otherwise he would say it's just the title, and that would be a bit odd. It's got nothing to do <laughs> except the title. Um, but okay. So anyway, doesn't matter. Point is, um, watermelon tastes like strawberries. That is what it tastes like. It doesn't. Um, <laughs> I feel. I feel like th- this podcast has basically. A test of my strength to get through each segment. It's it's a test of how much I can stand of this ridiculousness. It's me going mad every episode. Um, so, so. And me just trying your patience continually. It is because I'm trying to I'm trying to sort of discuss things. We love it. Like, yeah. Okay. So, the actual book itself, what is the book about? Now, I can't really, like, I can't really make it clear as to what the book is about because it's all about a lot of things and it's not going to make complete and total sense and it's one of those things where you want to experience it for yourself. 
So I don't really want to go into massive detail about the book itself, but it's more really about... It's really ambiguous as well. Yeah, you know, but more about like, the experience of the book, I think. That's where I want to take book, this. Which sounds really wanky, but it's yeah. actually, you know, it is... It, it is an experience, true. yeah. And um, so, I mean, there is the basic setup, which is these people... Sorry, am I not supposed to be saying this? Well, you can. It was just I was I was sort of leading in, but no, you know, go on. Yeah, you you you've got <laughs> it. You've got it. Sorry. No, 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 no. You've got it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> There's all these these people who live in this place called Idef, um, which is made up of pine, watermelon, sugar, and what's the other thing? It's made of oh, stones. Stones. Okay. I think an easier way to say is think of it as kind of like a dystopia utopia, basically. That's your sort of basic, like, genre, if you like. It's not really stuck in that genre. But think of, so there's something that's happened in the past. We won't get into that. And now people live in this kind of utopia where... this is where it kind comes. of like a commune maybe yeah sort of like that where basically it's called idef and they and have sh- happy 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 yes they have shacks um now idef is a bit weird because basically you have like an area actually like the idef area but it's not like completely clear as IDEF to what seems it is to be like like this communal hut or a house or whatever where sort they all of. gather for food. Yeah, it well they gather. They all ju- have their own little. Shacks it's not as just well. it's not just food because you can live in Idef. Oh yeah, because you they all have their own rooms in there as well. Uh, yeah, they can live in Idef. They can sleep there. Um, they can get food there, and I think they teach as well. And there's different things. And there's a I think, trout hatchery. Yeah. So if this is not making sense, that's because. A lot of it doesn't it kind until of you goes into the beat um poet sort of thing. Yeah, okay. I, I'm gonna strip this back a bit. Okay. Let's let's go back to what I was saying before. So you've got this utopia. Um before we before we continue, because I think you're adding stuff and I'm trying to sort of give it the basic premise so you're people trying can to understand. strip that down i'm, and trying, I'm to trying to build it up it yeah you're trying to build it up and make everyone more i'm confused. getting all the stuff from the forgotten works and i'm adding it to your strip back eye deathness <laughs> brilliant and that everyone is just anyone who's not read this book is going to be like what the hell are they talking about you still won't know even after you've read it. No. Um, so, to be clear, okay. So, first of all, it's a really weird book. There's a lot to it. It's not always going to make sense. There is... There's a lot There's a lot of things, like, a lot of strands that you can pick at. And there's a lot of things that you can, you know... I mean, it's basically one of those books that you... Uh, figure it out for yourself, which is always one of those things where some people love that, some people hate it. Yeah, because we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? Where, yeah. was, where some people um, really, really, really want everything to be really explained really clearly, and if anything is left ambiguous, they get upset about it. Um, and well, that, that's you, fine. You know, if that's not their style, that's, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, whereas I think for me and you, we both enjoy 
some level of ambiguity and I honestly love the level of ambiguity in this because honestly you've got to pick your own stuff out of it okay so this is one of those ones where I go if even okay so I feel like when you're sort of saying that you're sort of going well you know not everything's going to be this is one of those books where a lot of it is not going to make complete sense a lot of it is not really going to tie together. You're going to have to figure stuff out and make your own opinions about what's going on, what each thing means. So when we say that, this is really one of those ones you head dive into and you would just experience it. You're not going to get a lot of conclusion exactly. It's You're not going to get a lot of, you know, you're not going to get a, a bow tied on it neatly. You're not even really going to get a proper ending as such. Yes. So, the first thing I would say is if you're going into this book because of the song and you're like, well, I'll just experience it, and you think what we've said so far sounds horrible to you, don't read it because you will hate it, most probably. If you want to experiment, like we say, fair you enough. Go with the flow. You know, yeah. Flow. You do really have to go with the flow with this one. You can't, you, you, you just have to let it take Look, you I along. will say, I will say that when, um, when Harry Styles was writing his album, apparently he was on the shrooms. So I, I think that pretty much explains perfectly where he come from with this it was like it was written in the 60s wasn't it so it's kind of like you know you, you've got that sort of feel of it you know yeah. that kind of drugged out oh my god you know so obviously this is this is um hippie vibes yeah so this comes from sort of the countercultural movement that was around during sort of the 60s 70s sort of time um and richard brodkin is an interesting person um and i there's a lot to discuss when it comes to him we're not really going to delve too much into it but um he was a big part and then he sort of faded out as time went on um his two book two big books are probably this one and trout fishing in america is that yeah, what it's called I think yeah that's what it is yeah um now that is his biggest one and i haven't read that um but this he is... also writes uh, or wrote sorry um, gothic westerns yes he did that's your favorite bit of thing because you love that idea just the idea of a gothic western i'm yeah. just like so yeah, this I is the only book we've read by him i should say as well yes um it's an interesting one basically uh we both gave it five stars we both absolutely loved it yes um so I don't really want to describe it and describe what actually happens in the book. If what I've said sounds interesting to you, go and read it and leave it mostly blind, I think. Um, because I think, you know, you're going to enjoy it most then. Um, I did get spoiled a little bit uh, for something that happens in the book, which... Again, it's not one of those ones where, like, oh, you know, there's a big spoiler or a big twist or anything. There isn't. But, like, you do kind of want to go in blind, don't you, I think? It's it's an interesting experience rather than a, this is a story that, you know, you get blah, da, da, and da, you know, beginning, middle, and end. There is a sort of beginning, middle, and end, because you've got parts one, two, and three sort of thing, haven't you? With all, yes. like, you know. um, So you've got your sort of... 
present and then you've got the past and then you've got sort of the present again. Um, that's kind of how it works in those parts. Like, I, it's the easiest way to describe it, but I won't go further than that. So... I will just say, for anyone who is a Harry Styles fan, um, and so, like, from my perspective, I didn't see a lot of connection between Watermelon Sugar, the song, and in Watermelon Sugar, the book, other than the title. Um, But for me, if you're going to go... Because I do think there is possibly a lot of influence in Treat People With Kindness... Mm. That was the one that really gave me the vibes from the book. Yeah. Particularly, certain, you know, if you pay attention to the lyrics, um, it's, yeah, that, that one really, for me, was the one that felt like it was um, heavily influenced. I could be wrong, obviously. I think there is uh, connections within, uh, within Mortman Sugar and the song. Um, Watermelon and Sugar, but they're sort of more... Tenuous? No, I don't want to say tenuous. I think the the fact is they're slightly more... I get where you're coming from with that one, because they are sort of interesting that maybe the, uh, maybe the vibe of the book and, like, some of the um, ideas, like, central to eye death and that are... Definitely with treat people and some and of the kindness. Things, some of the things that happen. However, I think the basic theme of the book is a big part of Watermelon and Sugar, the song, which is like, you know, you're... So if you don't know the whole connection with Watermelon and Sugar, basically it's like they use it. It's a big part of it. Um, it's like they use it to build things and make things, and most things are, are part of it. They also use, like, rocks and, and, and you know... Uh, different and trout uh you got watermelon trout oil um which is sort of the burning used oils burn. yeah, yeah. Used, they're burning oils um but basically it's kind of like um it, it again it's kind of the utopia but then the come down of that utopia and the realization that it's not as good as you thought when you were in it because um, you've got stuff like Inboil, which is not going to make sense, and, and, and you know, if, if you if you don't know, haven't read the book, and Margaret, who and is Margaret, yeah, basically my favourite character. Yeah, Margaret. Margaret's really. I mean, I love all the characters to be honest. Um, they're very interesting because they've all got their quirks, and they're not really like you don't get a lot about them. Um, I think you know, like we were saying earlier, I. From my perspective, it's an interesting book because basically, uh, I death and and the basic point of view. So you you get the point of view from this person with no name. Um, you learn that early on, so that's fine. Yeah, um, who's the narrator? Who's the narrator? Yeah, exactly. And um, he's writing this book. Yeah, so it's basically it's kind of like everything feels. Actually, this was something I didn't say earlier but when i was reading it everything felt kind of scripted um in terms of like the conversations with their sort of neighbors and in and, and the people they know and stuff and it all seems too perfect and like nobody really has any sort of anything different to say it's always the same thing over and over again 
Um, and they don't always... seem to know a lot about anything either. Yeah, and, and they're I... always very polite as well. Sorry, yeah. I just wanted to say that. No, you couldn't have. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just going to say... It, it felt very much to me like, um, you know, sort of like the whole ignorance is bliss thing. Yeah. I was saying to you earlier, wasn't I? The ignorance is bliss. And then when you start questioning that, um, it that's when things start to go wrong. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, uh, for this last bit, if you want to read it, I'd suggest... Go out now, because I feel like I want to get into slight more details about some stuff. So, you know, log out yeah. now. But, okay. So, so this is int- a spoiler section. It's not really spoilers, but it's, it's kind of, if you want to experience it on a, you know, I mean, to be fair, you probably shouldn't have listened to anything we said, because it <laughs> kind of ruins it, I think, a, a little bit. But basically, you have, you know, you have this area... Um, What's it called again? Uh, the Forgotten. The Forgotten, the forgotten works. works. So the Forgotten Works is kind of... And it's interesting because you can read it in a, in a few ways. Uh, one way I read it while I was reading it. And the, the sort of way I read the whole book while I was reading it. And, and, you know, I don't think this is totally what it is. But it kind of feels like, you know, our, um, our world now in like... A few thousand years after, like, an apocalyptic event has happened. And, you know, um, so you've got, like, man-eating tigers. So that's sort of like the fallout event. And so now you've got to this point. They're also talking tigers. Yes, they're also talking tigers. Um, But from my perspective, it seemed like they got to this point where they were in this sort of perfect point. Where they seemed to be happy. They kill all the tigers. Um who were their sort of threat. Um, and now they're just living this sort of supposedly happy life that is perfect. And then, like, the forgotten works seem to be, like, the past and, like, the stuff that they'd for, you know, like forgotten. And so I was thinking maybe, you know, there was stuff in there. Because early on in the book, you... Uh, this guy was it charlie no it wasn't charlie was it who was it that came over and he was like i've got this object i don't know what it is um and they were sort of looking it over and you a lot of this you don't really get much information as no i don't think it was charlie because charlie is you know he doesn't he's not quite as in touch with things um was it frank or something no fred Fred, yeah, I think it might have been Fred. Yes, he, Fred worked, he worked at the the trout hatchery, didn't he? Um, so, yeah. So, basically, it, it kind of felt like... Um, so, like we were saying earlier, they know their life. Everything they sort of... They know, you know, the, the watermelon sugar. They know the all of that. The stuff they don't know is sort of the past stuff. So, like, they've got lots of statues made by people who've sort of passed on and they haven't really recorded it down. They don't really down. know what the statues are. And yeah, but they've sort of forgotten about them. They've got rid of a lot of the books because they've burnt a lot of the books. Yes. So they've burnt a lot of their knowledge. They've got rid of it. Um, as I say, feeding into this whole idea that ignorance is bliss, that, um, that things don't matter that you can just brick them away and forget about them and it doesn't matter because you'll just go on day after day on this shallow 
sort of um, surface life. Mm. Well, it's interesting as well, as well, because the one book that people seem to find interesting is the one about the forgotten works and the forgotten works like seems to sort of drag people in almost like a um sort of like how you know um it's a bit like a kind of like a, a drug sort of thing where they keep coming back to it because uh, thingy keeps coming back to it doesn't she yeah margaret does yeah but there's the one book written by this person who supposedly went into the forgotten works and he was gone for a few weeks, wasn't he? Yeah, he was He was gone for a while. He comes out and he's written this book. And it's this book that, like, this one person knows about, I think. And he keeps sort of saying about it. But, like, we never get to... Not that we get to see The only real books. thing that you get to hear about it is that there's these two-foot-long green things. <laughs> That's what I remember. I was like, what the hell could they be? Mm. Um... So yeah, I'm. It's interesting, and it, but you also have like okay, so you've got books about pine needles that are around, and the weather, you know. It's yeah, because like, everybody keeps asking this guy, "What are you writing about?" And uh, this was the other thing that that really got me was the fact that this this narrator, um, he he seems really unable to um finish anything. He seems so. It's like. He's writing a book, but he never tells anybody what it's about. Um, never really discusses it. He says it's really difficult to discuss. But during the course of the book, he's he's like he's trying to make a statue himself, um, of a bell, and he can't. That that it. was in the past, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it it doesn't really matter. But he he he's basically trying to make this statue of a bell and i think it's because of the fact that it is just surface level that he can't complete this thing mm. he he you know he he ends up just sort of not completing it and it feels like he doesn't complete the the book either um you know it, it feels like he he he's constantly on this because how how can you complete it if you're only living in that sort of mm. circumstance you can't it's interesting as well because i'm guessing the book is the book we're sort of reading that's how i yeah. took it and it doesn't end in a in a normal sort of way, satisfactory way as such I like literally you will went, be... where's hang on have I, is that the end <laughs> yeah now it is a really good ending it's fantastic. Um, I love the ending. But, like, it's not an ending you're going to be like, yeah, that's wrapped everything up. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. And I think it, it's all part of this thing. So, obviously, another interesting element is... And I think this is going to be the sort of make it and break it for a lot of people. And I know, you know, if people are wanting to read it, I've probably turned off a lot of people now going into the support section. But... The make or break it, I think, is the fact that we don't actually get to learn a lot about anything, really. Yeah. And that is a major theme and part of the book. There are a lot of ideas here and there are a lot of things that you're probably going to want to know more about and you're not going to know more about them. So the the man-eating talking tigers... um, the statues the the yeah the all of the statues the weird tomb thing the the glass tombs the that um, have lights coming out of them constantly yeah. 
the um the <clears throat> trout the the old trout the almighty um, trout yes i mean everything to do with basically like you know idef and the watermelon sugar is like you're not really going to completely understand what it actually is and it also it's interesting because the one divergent segment of this is in boil the the person who used who's... to be um <coughs> charlie's brother yeah and so this is kind of like they're breaking away from this supposed perfect life and so they're the people that you're going to be sort of surprised by they don't talk like everyone expects them to they don't you know they're sort of like the branch they're off. angry as well yeah and they they say they know what um, the real idea the real idea they're not doing the the people we're reading about aren't doing idea right in Boyle supposedly or, or that is what he's saying is um yeah and it, it it's the people who are interested in the forgotten works and um you know who who go outside of that which is what I say again, this treat people with kindness. So I don't know if you remember, but um, there was a, um, a trend on Twitter and it was, um, it was something like be kind or, you know, and everyone kept saying that and like the right wing took hold of it and they were just like going, what happened to be kind and all that sort of thing. And it is kind of this is where I'm coming from with this whole thing with treat people with kindness with that like the ignorance is bliss and if you're on the surface level you can be all like oh and then then you get this really dark moment where it goes and if our friends all pass away that's okay and it's like that's that's like whoa and I listened to that and I thought hang on does he mean it's like um, you know uh, if your friends like sort of move away or and and it's like no if you take it so that's why I'm sort of feeding the two in together so much is because I'm going like surface level um you know you, you get this whole thing and it's like, it's just like people connect people don't connect properly um mm. and and they're sort of like oh you know and treat people with kindness and it's like something that you should do on a deeper level rather than just going oh be kind because that's meaningless it's a it's a meaningless thing to say you know if you don't truly believe in it or if you don't truly sort of have it on a deeper level and um it feels very much like this book yeah okay so any 30 minutes <laughs> um I've... Oh, we didn't say about the mirror statue. There's not too much. Well, okay, there statue is statue of mirrors. I love. There is stuff this to is talk about. My favorite about, statue. But I want to leave. You know. Well, I really like the vegetable statues. To be, I just found that really. That was really funny. Yeah, I also found it interesting though. It because is a it's really another... funny book as well. It is. Yeah, it's well. It's very clever. It's very witty. Um, but it's also another part of the theme: the fact that everything seems to get forgotten after a while and that nothing is remembered and that you know in this it's just sort this of guy who really little... liked vegetables yeah but also you're sort of like 
was there a deeper meaning? And also, is there any sort of deeper characters in... Like, are there any deeper things these characters are going through? You don't know, and you will never know. And and that's the thing. It's such it's a, a kind surface of thing, level. Isn't it? It's you know? like with, with, like, art and stuff like that. I mean, we do... You know, you go into... Like, okay, so you go to Tate Modern Art, art Gallery. And um, so, like, I went with you, didn't I? The first time I went there... Um, and I went with mum, dad, brother, and we were just like really laughing and taking the piss out of all the works because you know it's it's it is kind of weird. It's kind of um, you know, it's it's not logical. It's not not you know what you think of as art necessarily because you know it's all like all portraits or whatever. However, you and I went, didn't we? And absolutely loved it. There was, you know, it's, you've got to actually be able to, I, this is going to sound so wanky, but open your mind, free your mind, whatever, just to have, sort of take it in. <laughs> I know, and then you can jump off say, the rooftop and yeah, go, free your mind. Yeah. Free your mind. What's like his name? seriously, open open your uh yeah, do hallucinogenic drugs. No, don't, don't, don't. No. Um but no <laughs> but I mean but the world's yours, man, but probably don't, you know. <laughs> no, no man, no, no drugs. <laughs> this is um, an anti drugs PSA oh my God. now. But, um yeah. We're gonna get taken off the air. Um yeah, no, sorry. What, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so so yeah, no. Yeah. It does sound really wanky, and I understand why people sort of get really like irritated about it because <clears throat> it does it. It represents something else. Mm. Um, you know, you have to look beyond what you expect to see, or mm. you know, whatever. And you also have to see the person within it as well. I still did laugh at the one that we saw though, and it looked like there was loads of little turds all over the floor. Yeah, that was fun. Um, you, I think, <laughs> I no, I think, really I think laughing. the important thing actually is that you have to, or from my perspective is you have to see the person in it. Like yeah. you have to see the person behind the camera or the, the brush or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, because it's all different stuff. I mean, you know, there, there are some like sort of statuey things and stuff like that. Um, and you have to see the person behind that. I think the... The big thing with the vegetable thing is that we don't know who made them. And so they kind of become this random thing that has no importance and nobody cares about anymore. And nobody bothers to understand why the person made them or what they mean from that person. So they're just, well, that person must have really liked vegetables. So, you know, there, yeah, there is that side of things. that's why I've got a things. seven foot potato in my front garden. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, okay, anyway, we're, with that conversation done, I think it's about <laughs> so time we roll roll the credits, okay? We roll the credits. I, honestly, I think you should read the book and you should just open your mind. And, open and your mind, man. man. Experience it, man. Let's go back to the hippie days. But yeah, totally. I loved it. It's I great. thought it was such a good book and really want to read some more Richard Brown. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, my God. I so want to read everything this person's done, basically. I'll just be interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, time 
<laughs> for the curtain call. It, it's time for... The time to go home. Exactly. Oh, we're already at home. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go out the room while I do the ending segment, please? <laughs> right. No. So, so basically, um, now I think this is episode nine. So next week's is going to be episode ten. I know I said before that it was episode, like, eight last week or whatever. Episode 10 is next week. No, episode 7, I think I said, was last week. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, it's the end of series 2 soon, next week. So, you know, we're planning some exciting things. And it's like, you all sigh, uh, heave a huge sigh of relief. And then it's like, yeah, but we're coming back straight away. So, <laughs> Well, no, we will take a slight break so we can sort of get things in order for the series after. Because we did say we'd take a break for ourselves. But um, we will be back for Series 3. But yeah, we're but not gone yet. It is fun. It is fun. So, yeah, Series 2 is nearly done. It's been really fun doing Series 2. I'm really excited for, for the ending because I think it'll be quite a good ending. Hopefully. And tell us if you like how we're going off on tangents now, because we've we've decided we quite like this. Yeah, yeah, we do. So yeah, no, uh, 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 that l- I'm a l- crappy l- reviewer. Th- that out of the way, um, all the usual stuff as 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 usual with uh, Twitter, twatter, um, <laughs> Twitter, bloody Twitter. Right, anyway, so... Um, tweet, tweet. Oh, God, this this one's going to go on forever. Right, let me just do this. So, we've got Twitter, Blathering Pod. You can, you know, follow us there, get information, updates, contact us there. You can also do it on the Anchor app. Uh, there's also a YouTube channel with... Uh, well, what's it called? The, the Infernal, Infernal Viewer. Viewer. Thank you. Subscribe to the Infernal Viewer. More viewers to come. Blah, blah, blah. Um... With that out of the way, bye-bye, folks. Au revoir. Yeah, goodbye.